This is the Media Week Industry Podcast from the people at mediaweek.com.au. Welcome to a new Media Week podcast. We're talking TV today. I'm James Manning. With me, Andrew Mercado. Hi there, James. Welcome back, Andrew. Seems that it's been a little while, but we won't dwell on that. <laughs> it's been a lot happening in so television. So much, yeah. yeah. Um, a few interesting things are happening, um, especially Pilot Week yeah. on Network 10. Gee, it's really created a lot of discussion. Not all of it um, positive, but, you know, 10 sort of refuted that they said, look, there's lots of people, lots of women working on these shows. I think it would have been better to have some more males, more females in front of camera probably. Yeah. But, you know, it did certainly raise the awareness of the event. And the ratings aren't flash, but, you know, they always said that they weren't concerned about the ratings and that they were wanting to look at social media reactions to see what's going on with these shows. And I don't know, I get, am I, I might be living in a bubble because, you know, I'm on social media with a lot of people that watch TV, but there's, a, you know, it feels to me that there's a lot of people in the industry watching these pilots. Yes, I agree. I agree. Um, it's mainly nearly all people in yeah. the industry watching these pilots. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, what do you think? It's uh, the first it's funny you know because the the first show to kick it off on Sunday night was Skit Happens. And I thought, you know, when you think back to you know, we haven't had a sketch comedy show work in Australia for so long and it's the one thing that really gets hammered on social media if it's not funny enough and I kind of said as the show was beginning, come on everyone, let's be kind. Let's give them a chance and then, of course, the show went to air and I thought, <laughs> oh, it just really, I just really questioned why you'd make that your opening night show and I even questioned why the show, on my clock, it didn't go for 30 minutes, it went for about 45 minutes, so it felt like, and I was like, why didn't you cut this down and make it 30 minutes of the funniest clips? It didn't even open with the best clip, it opened with this really bad out-of-date gag about Married at First Sight with network executives talking about casting for the next series. And I just really went, where are we going to go with this? And it just wasn't really good. And I wanted to be kind to it. I wanted to give it a free, uh, give it an extra pass and say, because you could see in there that there are, there were, was some talent, there was some comedians and some of those skits, if you worked on them and you had a bit of time, you could get something funny out of that. But it, it wasn't a great debut, I thought. Yeah, I disagree a bit. I didn't mind it. Um, I was distracted by the flow of negative comments that were, <laughs> yeah. that were um, surging across Twitter as it went to air. Yeah. Um, but I really expected that. So did I. Did you get howled down for... Um, well, a lot of people <laughs> said to me, "But yeah, but come on, it's... And, you know, some people making the point quite rightly, uh, this is their big chance. They've got half an hour or 45 minutes to show their goods and is this the best that they can come up with? And it was kind of like by the time the show had finished, I was like, well, yeah, actually, I kind of uh, I, I really struggled with some of those skits. Yeah, look, as I say, I didn't mind it. Look, it wasn't all funny. Yeah. There wasn't lots of laugh out loud Yeah, I didn't stuff, hate it. But, but, you know, I sort of admired the work they did. I really liked all the television um, parodies they had, yeah, and gee whiz, there was a lot of them, wasn't there? It was nearly, um, it was nearly all taking off other TV shows. But you know, the point that David Sale makes, who you know created the Mavis Bramston show back in the sixties, the first thing he always says, and he's absolutely correct, is 
Where is the edge? It's so predictable to send up TV shows. Why isn't anybody going a bit harder? Why doesn't anybody send up politics? We've got all these situations with politicians and all that. You could easily send up that stuff and nobody kind of goes for that. They all kind of go for what kind of happened after Fast Forward. Fast Forward started this kind of parody of TV shows and now that's kind of all we kind of do and we don't kind of go for a harder edge ever. Mm. Yeah, I, I yeah, I didn't mind. I just thought it was maybe playing safe, I guess, going after TV. But then I quite – some of the stuff was funny. Um, so what they do? They did Married at First Sight. Yeah. They did The Project. Yeah. They did The Voice. Yeah. They did The Good Doctor. Yeah. And, that and was some called, people got upset about no, that. No, no, please, come it's on. It's like, please, because that's <laughs> in actual fact, the whole show should have been skits like that upsetting people because that's mm. comedy should yep. be dangerous. Yeah, they should have gone a bit harder. Was Correct. it called The Good Hospital? The Good Hospital, where everyone's sort of, everyone's on the spectrum. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. It was, it was very funny. Um, they also, I haven't finished yet, they also did My Kitchen Rules. They did Matt Preston. Yeah. So they really didn't miss. Yeah. The project bit wasn't bad. Yeah, I, you know, I didn't really find the Waleed Ali standing in a glass case. It was kind of oh, just yeah, a bit no, it wasn't silly funny. for Did me. Did it seem a bit rushed? <sighs> it just seemed as if they mightn't have had time to, but then you would have thought they would have time if you're just doing only one. And it would have been presumably commissioned a while ago. I think one of the real problems with those shows is when they're not sending up uh, something that you recognise and they go for just a skit, which has been around since the days of thing. And it was the, the woman in the restaurant and she started eating the food. She choked and the waiter came rushing over and said, oh, my God, do you have a peanut allergy? And she said, no, I have a penis allergy. And it kind of went on and you're going, <laughs> well, actually, yeah, that, you know, those skits that, aren't recognisable. That's where they struggle with. And, I mean, Mm. that's where if you put the show to series, if you worked really hard on that, you would find some gold, you would find some characters and some catchphrases and and you would do that. But I just don't think anyone's got the time and the patience and the money to let them do that. Imagine what the first episode of Fast Forward looks like now. If you look back Mm. at the first episode of Fast Forward, you would think how the hell did that show ever find its feet? But it did. And... But, but you just, look at the climate now. What what year would fast forward have been? Well, fast forward was like the first late one. 80s, wasn't it, the first Okay, one? so there would have been five free-to-air Correct. channels, right? Yeah. So not a lot of other choice. No. Um, Foxtel what didn't exist. No. There might have been some early pay TV with There was nothing. Whatever. It was nothing, there was okay. five TV channels <laughs> and there was a lot more No patience. social media. No social media. Right, so... You sat down to watch TV, there's nothing else to do. You read a book, you go to a movie or you watch TV or something. Yeah. Right? So now anything's going to get hammered on social, right? Pretty much. Um, good, bad or indifferent. There's yeah. people, but there's going to be haters. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which I do find quite funny, but yeah, it does. It is a bit, yeah. a bit tiresome. And then there's so many viewing alternatives, right? Yeah, that's true. Mm. Mm. So that's, yeah, and to, that's going to make it hard for any um, sketch comedy, right? Really, really R- Regardless hard. of how good it is. Yep. So there's going to be so many alternatives. Yep. People are going to want to get on and say the funniest. I mean, that's a good thing about people bagging stuff. I guess some of it's actually quite funny. And when you call the show skit, it just lands itself so easily to the gag <laughs> on Twitter, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. So we both thought showed some promise, me more than you, but... 
we probably both think it's unlikely to get picked up. Yeah, I'd say it's unlikely. Yep. All righty. Now, also on Sunday night was a disgrace. Yeah. Which I've got to say, I quite liked. I quite liked it too. Mm. Um, I think it's it had the smallest audience out of all these shows, I think, as we're talking, as we're recording this. Yeah. We're sort of halfway through, I think, four of – there's eight programs, isn't there? Four of them have gone to air. Yeah. So we'll look at them and with a bit of luck we'll talk about the others next time we're together. So, yeah, Disgrace, I think it's had the smallest audience. It was arguably on – it was a tough time late. slot. Yeah. Yeah. So the lead-in was Aussie Adventures. Yes. Which went into Skit Happens. Yes. And then that went into Disgrace. So it was yep. probably 8.30. It was more like 8.45. Was it? Was what okay. I mean. it was yeah, tough, yeah. It was a funny time slot. Yeah. Skit, Skit Happens did not finish at mm. 8.30. Well, that's another problem. We always clock. talk about the, yeah. um, the time slots and, and how much – Drama that causes for new shows. Excuse the pun. Um, so yeah, look, I really liked Disgrace. I thought Sat Dam Dusty Ari was was pretty good as the host. I did too. Um, and I thought there was an honesty to it, which is what I really liked. I really liked that they had people on that uh, show that had been through that experience themselves, and when they actually got in there and made them speak about their experiences, you know, it was you were going, okay, yeah, this is really. This is really raw and honest stuff, you know, mm. and uh, they were kind of qualified to be talking about what they were there talking about. Sure. I mean, both these shows, um, Skit Happens and Disgrace, are made by uh, CJZ. Yep. Who also make Gruen. Yep. So they sort of know that formula a little bit. And although we certainly know uh, Will Anderson, Sam, but he's got promise, I guess, yeah. as a host. And I like Greg. I thought Greg Baxter was great. He was good and uh, Stephanie Rice was I th- yeah, like good. Somebody told me they thought she was, you know, was hopeless, but I thought she was quite good. She, she didn't re- contribute a lot. Yeah, she didn't talk about. But what about, she said meant something, yeah. you know. I thought she might tell a little bit more of her experiences like Sam and the intern guy did, yes. but she didn't go there. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the, but intern Pete was good, Peter yeah. Dappler. It was yeah. great hearing about that, you know, that the incident at the, um, the cricket press conference. Yep. That was hilarious, Steve Smith's press conference. And I thought um, Becky Lucas, mm, she could have maybe contributed a bit more. She had some funny lines, She was good. Yeah, no, it was fine. So, you know, I I don't know. There was potential. I could see potential in that show, couldn't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of, I mean, all of the people in the media would would love that sort of stuff. Yeah. But, um, yeah, do you, is it on the wrong channel, 10, that sort of program? (sighs) Look, I just wonder whether or not they're going to have enough stuff to do if they have a series, you know. I know that we do live in an age where we have a sort of a scandal every week or so, but uh, you wouldn't want a quiet week, would you? They only do 10 Gruens a year. Right. But Gruen is less topical, isn't it? Yes. Whereas this show, does it pretty much need to be topical? Well, we still all got the references to the poo jogger and that's a pretty old story, isn't it? I guess so. You know, some of these things is and just so cricket press conference happened a while ago Yeah, too. it did. So I guess you could get away with yeah. Maybe a couple of seasons of 10 a year or something. The part I really, really laughed at was when Natasha Exelby turned up as the newsreader and was sending up the incident where she got caught not paying attention on ABC Mm. News and she sent herself up. That really made me laugh. That made me laugh more than anything else that Sunday night on 10. Oh, really? That was funny for me. But the rest of that sort of news segment... Well, yeah, I, I didn't. I thought it was just a bit weird. 
Well, I, I think there's a there's a, a point in these shows that's good to throw a whole bunch of things in there, you know. Mm. Um, that that side worked for me, but yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. So that takes us to Monday Night and Drunk History. Yeah. A Eureka um, television production. Right. Um, Paul Franklin and uh, Chris, whose name escapes me, but they're both, that's a relatively new company, two years old. Yeah. They're both pretty sort of hotshot producers. Um, and um, quite high production values, I it thought. It did, actually. Looked pretty good. Good actors in there, recognisable faces. For someone who has never seen the format, and I'm, sadly I haven't watched any of the others, there's one in England, there's one that started in the US, there's other versions in South America, I think, and stuff. It can take a little bit of getting used to, I think. Right, yeah. Which is a big ask if you're just doing the pilot week and there's only one chance. Yeah. I kind of, I, I struggled with it a bit. First of all, I just, the, the Ned Kelly story was like, oh, God, not again. We're telling the Ned Kelly story again. <laughs> Someone, it's the last person we need another representation of on film and TV. But this was a comedic look at it. But, yeah, i I got to say I've never seen any of this either. And I was becoming a little bit uncomfortable with, uh, I know the show is called Drunk History and the, the gag is that the narrator is drinking and getting drunk. But I was kind of going, well, Stephen Curry, you know, He's getting really pissed here. Like, is he going to be all right? I just kind of, I, I think I'm like you, James. I had trouble wrapping my head around the concept of it. Yeah, I sort of got the concept, but, yeah, I, I just I found it a distraction, the, um, the drunk hosts. But after yeah. you've seen that a while, you'd be used to it. I suppose so. I mean, in Australia, we're such a nanny state. Yeah. Seeing anybody drank on TV has always been a big no-no, hasn't it? Maybe, maybe rightly so. I am not certainly advocating Peter Overton should show up. <laughs> Half tanked every night. And do a Mike Willisie. <laughs> um, what about the second skit, the Reese Darby one, where he talked about Farlap and we had guys with horse heads pretending to be horses? Did that work for you? Not really. Yeah, it didn't really work for me either. No, I didn't get that. I mean, Fitzy did a good job <laughs> of portraying Farlap, but yeah. 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 I didn't get that. Um, but then again, you know, you've got to watch a few probably to get the... Maybe. I like the idea of doing stuff to history. Yeah. And they're very keen to, you know, let people know that the facts are all sort of accurate. Yeah. They just play around with the um, presentation of it. Yep. Um, yeah, were they together, the two hosts? No. they were. It, to me, I thought it was two very separate. Because who was um, – they were talking to someone off camera and I presume they were talking to each other. So they weren't – yeah, I didn't get that. I thought it was like Stephen told his story and then But he was there talking to someone as was if he, he? Were, I thought so. Like, you know, he was talking about how he was getting increasingly drunk. Yeah. He was sort of referring to someone off camera, I thought. Ah. I saw, is that supposed to be Reese or is he just No, I didn't think it was meant to be Reese. I thought it was just ah. him talking to so the crew. So they were just completely separate. I thought they're two very completely so separate. So they weren't hosting stories. together. No. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, yeah, so Drunk History, I mean, the ratings weren't bad. Actually, as we, I think it had the biggest audience out of all of them so far. Right. Out of the first four. Yep. Which has had a pretty good lead in, though. It had um, Have You Been Paying Attention? Yes, it did. Which gave it a big audience. And that's yep. presumably a fairly sympathetic audience to that sort of program. Yeah. And I get a feeling they wouldn't pick it up, though. Yeah, look, I guess we've got to wait and get we've got to, to wait the end and of see the what week, happens. though. I mean, this, this is a thing. This ended up being the highest rating out of all of them. Yeah. Which, with Kyle coming, you've got to think, wow, 
there's one that's going to do well. It's probably going to be Kyle, isn't it? Yeah. His ratings, people are just going to be fascinated. You don't like him, you're going to watch it. You like him, you're going to watch it. Correct. So it could do quite well. And hopefully Rove will do quite well on um, Saturday night. I'd like to think so. But we've talked before, I think we both thought it'd be great to have it at 6.30. Yeah. And it's not at 7.30, isn't it? Correct. Yeah. 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 So it's up against live football, live AFL and AFL states, live NRL and NRL states. If you went at 6.30, you'd dodge that bullet a little bit. Yeah, and but, but possibly it, get a younger audience too. But then but these days, 6.30, so it'd have to be 7 really, wouldn't it? Because yeah. the news bulletins go till 7, so that would be Look, suicide going at 6.30. It's all an experiment. Mm. Um, I don't think, you know, it's more about, I think we're all waiting to see what Rove is going to do with that format. Mm. He's promising what a lot of people are wanting to see, and that is new talent. Mm. That a lot of the people that are getting pilots on 10 shows are familiar faces, have had shows like this before. Rove is the one show where he's saying, I'm going to introduce you some new, I assume, comedic talent too. Mm. Well, he's working with some established people and some newcomers. I think yep. he's working with uh, Merrick Watts. I think right. he's working with Mel Buttle. Yep. But he's also got two hotshot young producer-slash-comedians who are both called Alex. Right. Two girls. Yep. Um, and I met them briefly with Rove at the uh, launch 10 had for the whole pilot week. They seemed great. Yep. Really switched on. So it'd be fascinating. I'm really looking forward to seeing what they come up with. Yeah, right. Now, we haven't talked about the most recent one that we saw, uh, which is Taboo with yep. Harley Breen. I really, really liked it. Yeah, same. It was just fantastic television. It was. Yeah, it's probably been the best received out of the first four, hasn't it, critically? It was so heartbreaking, some of those stories. Of it's a hard show to say you didn't, wouldn't like that, wasn't it? I mean, yeah. imagine that, though, going out in socials and saying, oh, yeah. What's this? But isn't that what TV should do sometimes? TV should educate Mm. you Mm. and should put you in the Mm. shoes of someone less fortunate than yourself. And then to then bring in the added thing of here's this sympathetic guy, but, hey, he's going to find something funny and and let's make a few jokes. And I just thought the concept was fantastic and Harley Breen was perfectly cast as that. He was, you know... He showed real sensitivity the way he kind of got those stories out. And some of those stories were heartbreaking, like really tough things to hear and imagine. Hmm. Um, well, it makes you think, doesn't it? You think, oh, you know, I'm having a shitty day, hang on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> These guys have a shitty day every day. Every day. You know. Yeah, but Harley Breen was great. As I said uh, earlier today, he couldn't get arrested when he was working in radio and no. t- Today FM Breakfast. Now he, th- he looks like he's become a bit of a hot property. Yeah. Especially after this. I mean, for some reason, even if this didn't go ahead, and I think it would even, as might be some specials perhaps as yeah. opposed to a, a big full-blown s- season of something. Um, they'd, he'd be a great um, – he looks like he could be a great – you know, I thought he was very impressive. Talk show host, yeah, yeah, lots agreed. of different roles for him. You yep. know, um, very funny, very good. Um, made by a Leonie Lowe's Loon Media, right? Yep, sort of a, a boutique little company. Yep. Um, yeah, but it certainly had the buzz, hasn't it? Oh yeah, uh, taboo. I, I got to be honest, I wasn't really looking forward to it. Oh yeah, because I thought it'd be too worthy. I thought it'd be like an Australian Story episode. And there's nothing wrong with that. No, no. There's a fair bit of that around. But as you say, they just mixed it up and it really delivered something you weren't expecting, I thought. It made me think of that show on the ABC, You Can't Say That. 
Yes. Introducing you to a group of people and hearing some stuff that you've never, ever really heard before, um, but then to bring in the comedy as well, it was just, it was like a brilliant masterstroke for me. Yeah. Yeah, and I love the little setup in the sort of club. Yeah. Where he was, you know, in front of the people in the show, their families and some general audience. And I loved how they interspersed that stand-up routine all the way through the show because mm. when I read the synopsis, I thought we'd have all the worthy stuff and then you'd get to this routine, but they didn't. They put the comedy all through the show, which of course makes sense to do. Mm. And, yeah, I loved it. Yeah. Yep, yeah, so we both gave that a tick and I, well... Out of those four, maybe drunk history as a ongoing thing. So I'm just not sure if taboo would work as a over a longer time. Yeah, and imagine the challenge of finding characters every week. Well, would that be the? I mean, there's well, well, we. But think everyone's that. got a story, haven't they? That's right. We I mean, think everyone's that. got a good story if you handle it properly. So, but that, you look at you can't say that, and they're into their what? Yeah. How many series now? Sure. And you keep coming. You know, suddenly last week they were doing an episode on swingers, and you go, well, how random is that? You know, <laughs> that was, so well, I was taking notice, and I was sitting there doing something else. And I was like, <laughs> what? What's this? I know that was very, very <laughs> weird that episode. But yeah, I think there are enough groups to sustain that, certainly for a series. Mm. Certainly. Mm, yeah. But, yeah, I, th- I think the front run, look, you know what, if it was up to me, I didn't really get drunk history. If it was up to me, I'd want, I would watch Disgrace again and I would watch Taboo again. But if I was running a network, I would be considering drunk history. Well, same. That's my thoughts. Yeah. I'd, I'd certainly watch Disgrace. Um, I'd watch Taboo. Yeah. But I think drunk history might be the safest bet for uh, to develop into a franchise. Yeah. You know, um, play up the history a bit, play yep. down the drunk a little bit, maybe. Yeah, you know, just have some fun without making it too sort of pissy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but look, I had a chance to uh, speak to Tim Warner briefly this week, and I said I talked to him back. They've had a few sort of shows that haven't performed too well. And I said, Tim, do you need a do you need a pilot week? And he sort of laughed and said, No, nah, you can keep me out of that. Yeah. So, <laughs> So I'd think the people at other networks, predictably, yeah, think it's um, I don't know a bit of a waste of time or something. Yeah. Well, I think for ten, it's um. Oh, look, because I think it's a super smart move for ten. They mm. actually need some content, don't they? So why not have a go? Mm. You know. Yeah. They they, they got yeah. nothing to lose. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about um, about um, the the other remaining four when we're next together. Now, speaking of sevens flops. The programs I had in mind when I was talking to him were um, Single Wives, yep. which I think was, in fact, a 9pm show that they ended up running at 7.30, I think, right. probably because they needed the content. Yep. I'm not sure if there was something else that flopped in that, so they had to bring it forward. But it just looks so cheap and shoddy. And yeah. I think and the I, final went to air something like 10.30. And I just don't think it brought anything new to the no. what is now a very overcrowded reality, uh, mm. dating reality genre. It brought yep. nothing new to the table. It just felt like the same old to me. I just didn't even want to watch five minutes of it. I did watch five minutes. In fact, I, I was watching it and I just, I heard the girl say, fuck, it's 7.40 <laughs> at night. 
And she was like, oh, I'll be fucked if I was like, whoa, did I just hear that? I'm not a prude, but like it was 7.40 at night and the F-bomb got dropped. I guess that's part of what happens when you change your classification from PG to M and sure. they changed sure. all of that, but it, was st- it still made me go, whoa. That's the most exciting thing in the show for me. I know. It's still, it's still even at any hour, hearing the F-bomb on free-to-air still sounds a bit weird, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. I mean, I like it, but... You're just not used to it, are you? Not used to it. You check your remote, say, what, what channel am I on? I even thought the same thing. I heard them say shit on the block at 6.30. <laughs> I was like, what? Oh, I see. Well, this part of the changing world we live in. It is. Now, the other dance boss. Yeah. Well, I don't, look, I couldn't even get motivated to watch it. <laughs> I just didn't care. Look, I kind of liked it. Did you? I'm one of the few people that liked it. I thought, I think the set's horrible and the concept of it being on top of a circular building in the city, I thought that was all really lame. Um, but... I kind of really did. I, I just, I like dancing shows and I think so often these shows come down to, or you forget about the crap all around it. Once they start dancing, that's where the entertainment value is. And, I, you know, we don't have Dancing with the Stars at the moment. We don't have So You Think You Can Dance. It's been a while since I've seen some dancing on TV <laughs> and it's always been my go-to reality show. So I Has liked it? it. I liked the judges. I liked Danny Minogue. I just thought it was a bit of fun. And I think it is a concept that they might be able to sell around the world. And what I thought was was really silly, though, was the scoring. This, like, three judges giving you a score out of 30 and then you get to, a, like, a total score out of 90. 30 each. Yeah, 30 each. Going, what? What? Okay, what? I've got to do math and add up 25, 26 <laughs> and 27 to figure out, like, come on. What should they have done in 10s? Oh, just 10, 10. or something. Or have four judges. Have Danny judge as well out of 25 <laughs> so they at least get to 100. How lazy Jesus. are you getting? You can't even bother doing the math. <laughs> but, come yeah, on. I like the show. I'm, I'm sticking up for a dance boss. It was okay by me. Ooh. The other one is our little big shots. I mean, it's still doing reasonable numbers, but yeah. it, it's well down on it because it really exploded out of the blocks at season one. And it did like something crazy, like one point six or. But it did exactly what ridiculous. happened to Australian Ninja Warrior in series oh, absolutely. two. Absolutely, they yep. both went out of the ballpark last year, getting nearly two million viewers, and neither of them could repeat it this year. No. Neither of them. No. Both of them were back to. Under a mill. Yeah, absolutely. Which is kind um, of what we would have expected them to rate last time. It's just that that was such super side success last year. One would assume that it would have carried over to the following year, but it didn't. No. Just wonder, though, what do all those people do? You know? Yeah. Why did they bomb out second time around? I think um, Little Big Shocks did soften a bit towards the end of it, but Ninja yeah. Warrior stayed solid. That's right. All the way through, and those audiences, just half of them didn't come back. No. So I'm not sure why. Andrew, you've been writing about drama, yeah. a drama drought possibly, in fact, <laughs> yes. I believe. Yeah, we're in a, we're in a great uh, thing at the moment. We've got a lot of Australian drama on TV, but several of those shows are in their final seasons. 800 Words is finishing on 7. Rake is finishing on the ABC. A Place to Call Home is wrapping up on Foxtel. And we know there's still a huge question mark over Wentworth that it's probably... They sort of said it won't be back. Have they? Not they still haven't said know. a haven't word. Okay. But we, we expect next year to be the final series. So that's a lot of drama finishing up. And I just don't see any of the new shows in the wings. What are they going to be replaced with? They have to be replaced with something. They've got Australian drama point quotas to reach. Mm. Um, I just hope that uh, because those are all remarkably good shows for me. 
Yeah. 800 words maybe dropped off a little bit. I think it lost its way a little bit, season two and three. Um, but I watched the first one back this time and I thought, yeah, I, you know, I understand why people loved it when it first started. It's it's a lovely show and a nice New Zealand co-production. But, you know, Rake and A Place to Call Home, I, they're just like top shelf, five-star quality drama for me. And it's going to be very sad to see them both go. Yeah, yeah. I think I spoke to some of the producers about from Rake earlier this year, and they said, "Yeah, they just they think they've uh, milked it hard enough <laughs> that format, and they can't really, yeah, with um, they can't really front up to the public again with another season after this one." Well, they're... never say never, because Cleaver <laughs> Green's one of the most remarkable characters in Australian drama history, and Richard Roxburgh is so funny playing him, and you know, it's kind of quite silly what goes on, the shenanigans this time round. And I had to watch the first episode twice because the first time I was just kind of like, what just happened? Did mm. that happen? Mm. I watched it again the second night and then I went, yeah, look, okay, I'm with this. It's really out there but it's it's in this rake. I think Richard Roxburgh referred to it on the radio as sort of like this rake universe, this mad universe they live in and, you know, some of those characters and the relationships we've seen over the years coming back into the fray now, really, really great. Of course, uh, 7 and 10 would be helped with their drama point requirements by the Daily Soaps. Correct. Home and Away and Neighbours. Yep. Nine doesn't have anything. No. So they need to keep pumping out the drama. They've got Doctor Doctor now. It's yep. in its second season. No, it? Doctor Doctor's in its, it's fourth, fourth series, oh, I think. Lordy already. It's so good too. Wow. Man, I love that show. Where did those years go? Doctor Doctor is such a great show yeah. and every time I watch it, I just think it's so great and I just don't understand Nine is so determined to have a cop show and they've had so many mm. cop show flops over the past few years and Bite Club for me, not very good. And it's like I'd be going to the creators of Doctor Doctor which is Claudia Carvin and Tony McNamara and I think Ian Collier, I hope I've got those names yes, right, um, who make it. And I'd be saying to them, okay, you've done so well for us rebooting and firing up the tired medical show drama. What's your idea for a cop show? If they could do a cop show and make it relevant and not gimmicky with sharks and, you know, what what they've done with Bite Club. They've gone for the gimmick and it hasn't really worked for me and I don't think there's legs in it. It won't go to a second series. But Doctor Doctor, they should be studying the DNA of that show. Mm. That is a fantastic drama series and they should be talking to those people and saying, okay, what are your ideas? How do we do a new cop show? Because they clearly want one. Well, Ian Collier, who you mentioned, who's also a producer on Rake, he makes Doctor Doctor. He's got a new production company called Easy Tiger because he split up from um, Essential Media, which is where he used to work. So I'm sure he's got some other great ideas. Yeah. So maybe, you know, that um, someone will go with them. But just on Bite Club, <clears throat> yeah, I, d- I watched that uh, first episode and it was okay. But yeah. she's got a stellar cast, though. Great cast. Wow. It was fantastic. And uh, at least I got a couple of good interviews out of it. I got to speak to a Dominic Monaghan. Yep. Which was a, he was a fascinating guy to chat to. Wow. Really, really interesting. He told me about, he told me his procedure for reading scripts. I said, look, how did you get interested in this? He says, oh, I read about 100 scripts a year. He says, I nearly say no to all of them. <laughs> but he says he really got intrigued by this one. Then he goes to the next stage, starts getting his agent to make inquiries and right. find out about stuff like that. But in our chat, he said he was approached originally by the producers of The Hangover, the first Hangover. 
to be one of the cast. In the movie The Hangover? Yeah. Wow. And he said to them, are you sure? He read the script and he said, shouldn't these really be all, you know, Americans? Yeah. So he just didn't think it was right, so nothing ever happened of that. And I also got to chat to uh, Todd LaSanz. Yep. Who lives in LA these days. Yep. And he talked about the whole process of living in LA and flying back here. So when he's got a got a young family now, so when he goes on the road, he likes to transport them all. So it's quite a big deal sort of, you know, coming back for a role. But he said he really enjoyed this one. And um, he just talked a little bit about the, the process of doing auditions. And and I said, you know, like some people sort of live in Australia and commute and that's that. But mm. yeah, they're, they're at the next level, he said. He said, for someone where I am, you've got to be here. Yeah. So he said he might get a call on a Tuesday afternoon to come in for a Wednesday reading or something. And he said, you, you know, for, and where he is, if he doesn't go, well, he's not going to get the part. Yeah, yeah. Can't say I'll be there in a week or, yeah. or whatever. But I would just they're both up on mediaweek.com.au. I wish I could have liked Bite Cop better. I'm going to watch episode two. I've set the, the IQ link. Yeah. I'm going to keep watching it and stick in there for a couple of more. I just, I just, I just always have a bit of a problem with a gimmick. The mm. sharks, the, the mm. catchy title and all of that. And, you know, it's, mm. such a, it's a long stretch to have a bunch of shark attack survivors in a show that's actually about a serial killer and it's, all, it's just kind of messy. Mm. To me, it's, mm. a, 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 it's gimmicky. They came up with the title and worked backwards from there rather than came up with the story. I don't know. I could be totally wrong there, but it just it comes across as gimmicky to me. When I think about it, I think of Top of the Lake too. I don't know why, but they're both – there was elements of cop shows – Top of the Lake 2 was at Bondi, Bike Club's at Manly. Yeah. You know, I just I don't know why I think of those two things. But um, what was I going to say? Yeah, but uh, Bike Club, yeah, very interesting. Great cast made by Playmaker Media. Yep. Who are making this bloom for um, Stan. Right. Being commissioned with Jackie Weaver was just announced Great this cast, week. right? As, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Brian Brown's in it too, I yep. think. Um so, yeah, really interesting cast. It'd be interesting to see what they do with that. And that's one of those sort of uh, slightly supernatural concepts. So we should also mention the fact that the ABC just announced that Glitch is coming back for a third series. Mm. And I heard a couple of people on social media jumping up and down with excitement over that. They lo- There's some real fans of that show. Yeah, there's there. a real hardcore sort of fan following yeah. it, that Glitch. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see where that goes. Um, the Bachelor has started again. Yeah, how's those ratings? Yeah, they're good, aren't they're they? They're good. They're very good. I mean, ten is in a bit of a sweet spot. I mean, the trouble is they have some really good shows at seven thirty, but they don't. Whereas nine and ten, uh, nine and seven, build with the news. Yeah, and hopefully flow that audience through. Ten have trouble kickstarting. I mean, they do news does well till six, and they've tried to flow it through with the. Um, with the um, game shows at six o'clock, and it's yeah. just not keeping them big audiences. And then that means the project starts slow, picks up a little bit at seven o'clock, but then they've got to try and build another audience at seven thirty. Yeah, and they haven't had the follow-up shows later in the night, about from the obvious ones like um, thank um, thank God you're here. Well, um, they, have you been paying attention? Really, and Gogglebox. Yeah, they really don't have the content once that seven thirty show finishes. The yeah. fact that they're repeating. Mean Girls. The fact that The Bachelor opened night one. Here we are. It's The Bachelor. It's back nine o'clock. Now for the 217th time, here's Lindsay Lohan in Mean Girls on a Wednesday <laughs> night. It's like, really? Mm. They're repeating, I think, Pretty Woman next week. It's like, whoa, you guys are 
That's why they're doing Pilot Week, let's face it. Yeah, yeah, but wouldn't yeah. you love to see the breakdown of the ratings for The Bachelor? Because for me, when they cast the Honey Badger, I thought to myself, more men are going to watch The Bachelor. <laughs> All those men that refused to do it. Really? Yeah, I do. I think there's some guys out there that have probably said the missus or the girlfriend said we're going to watch this and they've gone, all right, well, I think he's funny. I'll give it a look. Oh, I, see. I wonder more, if. Yeah, more men than might normally watch yeah. it. Yeah. I don't would think say those guys we... sitting around by themselves. No, I don't think so either. Watch the honey but match. I think it's made it more palatable it's for a, men to watch oh, it's it. It's been a masterstroke casting yeah. him, hasn't it? He's funny. Yeah. Yeah, no. He's really funny. He's done very well. Andrew, could I ask you a question, tech question, mate? Yeah. Have you got a 4K TV? No, I don't. Have you got an HD TV? Yes, I do. Yeah, okay. I don't have an ultra high def TV. Is there a I've difference? Got, yeah, there's. There, isn't, isn't there? Difference? Wasn't that the new thing in no. between high definition? There but was they don't UHD have shows ultra that are, high def. They no, don't they have, don't. Uh, well, we should be testing Trevor Long this question, shouldn't we? But not trying to work it out ourselves. <laughs> I've got a big TV. I went big, <laughs> so I. as big as I could get. I went 75. Same. Yep. How good is it? It's huge and I love it. It's like then, being at Southwest Rock Cinema. Then I look at the prices of a 75-inch 4K TV mm. and I think, well, that's not happening anytime soon. Mm. It's a few years down the track for me. They're going to have to drop substantially in price for me to even consider it. I think, look, and... Please, I'm getting in touch if we're wrong. I think is ultra high HD another word for 4K? Maybe it I is. I think it is. Maybe it is. I think it is. Anyway, well, we are talking about 4K, of course, because Foxtel announced they are going getting into 4K content. Right. Starting in October, they're going to have a 4K channel. Do you know the channel number? Okay, so if I look at this um, <laughs> ad in the 16-page liftout that conveniently came into the Sunday Telegraph just a few days after Foxtel. Man, what a coincidence, James. Fancy that. Um, it says Panasonic 4K Ultra HD TV. So I there you go. I think it's the same thing. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, any, what was I saying? Oh, there. So, Foxtel are launching a dedicated channel. Yep. The channel number is, can you guess it? You, do you know? No, I don't. Four, four, four. Four, four, four. Right. Very clever. Yep, yep. And but there's only going to be one channel, and that's going to be shared. The content will be shared from sport. Yep. They're going to do some cricket. Yeah. They've already filmed a rugby league match, and I've got to say, I'm not a big rugby league fan, but it looked amazing. Yep. The sport, the detail on the sport, just looked incredible. Yep. So yeah, sport. Are movies. Yeah. Some movies going to show them and um, documentaries. Right. Which is where that stuff's really going to sizzle, you know, the um But again, the there's still not a lot of content, no. is there? No, there's not. There's not. And, and to me, you know, I understand that Foxtel are wanting to do something ahead of the curve and uh, they've got the cricket and offering the cricket in 4K for the first time is going to be pretty attractive to cricket fans. But, you know... To me, it doesn't really answer the, the key problem that Foxtel have in, is in that the marketplace considers them expensive now compared to Netflix for $10 a month. And so they have this great thing, and I'm sure that it's going to be amazing, but you're going to have to buy a new TV yeah. to watch it. So it still doesn't answer for me that issue of how does Foxtel survive up against the streaming services. Yeah, who Stan and Netflix, of course, have had HD, uh, 4K for quite a while. Yeah, and how many people 
are really watching yeah. their stuff in Netflix and Stan on 4K right now. I'd yeah. question it. Yeah, so would I. You know? Um, still relatively new, I think, 4K. Most, well, I don't know about most, but a lot of, I guess a large percentage of TVs are 4K now, but they still carry a price premium, don't yeah. they? Yeah. It's super expensive. Mm, I as guess all it's... these TVs are. We wait a few years down the track, you, you know. It's good to be in there first. Yeah. I suppose, but not if they're like over ten thousand dollars. You don't <laughs> want to be first over ten thousand dollars. I'm not wanting. I'm not going to go first. That is a lot of uh, coin, isn't it? Yeah. Where well, I'm still pretty, I'm still pretty. You know, impressed by a HD. Yeah, me too. Although I know because because I watch my TV through my Foxtel set top box, I've got to remember to. Go to the four the HD channel, right? Because sometimes I just watch it on the standard definition. Yeah, I got to tell you, I, I don't I don't sit there and go, "Gee, this is bad." No, no, no. Sometimes I remember, oh, that's right. I, yeah. I could be watching an HD. Yeah. So it's still not a terrible experience. No, watching standard definition here. Um, now you can get um, you can get four K tallies for a grand. Can you? Yeah. But how big are they? 43 inch. Okay, well, you and I are watching 75 at TV at the moment. You and I aren't going to get a small TV in 4K. We'll need to get a TV similar to what we are. And the 75 inch TV, according to this lift out, Samsung $10,499 and LG 77 inch $15,000. There are Alternatives, though. There's okay. another Samsung 75-inch, three grand. Oh, okay. Yep. And I'm seeing a Samsung 55-inch, three grand here. Yeah, so there are. I mean, I've, I've also got a, I've got a 75-inch HD Samsung, which I picked up for less than three grand um, a couple of years ago. So you, you can get deals and there's – don't ask me the difference between our three – Thousand dollar four K and a ten thousand dollar. Does this 4K. mean that the median strip's now going to be full of uh, HD TVs just thrown out there <laughs> carelessly? Remember back when everyone was making the switch over mm. the TVs, mm. big old boxy TVs thrown out on footpaths all over Sydney. There were years there where they were everywhere, and wasn't one of the episodes on War on Waste recently about could we think a little bit more carefully about our electronics? Mm. Again, we're just. Oh, now this TV, no, we've got to get the next big thing, mm. you know. The uh, Patrick Delaney needs to get the government to do a rebate. Remember the Kevin Rudd, they called it the TV rebate or something, where everybody got a, was it a grand or two grand or something really? a few years ago. Oh. It was something like that. Right. And apparently most people went and bought a TV with it, I don't know. <laughs> so that's what um, Foxtel needs to get that happening. Speaking of Foxtel and their competitors, Netflix, have you been watching anything on Netflix? I've... Got a Mitchy was I find the navigation a challenge there. There's so much stuff there. So much stuff. Finding it. So. And it's funny, you go flick, 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 flick. It's just like being going through all those Foxtel channels. There's nothing on what to watch. I did settle on Dark Tourist, though. I okay. read about it. I thought, that sounds interesting. I've watched three episodes of it. I really like it. It's this the, a Kiwi guy. He did a documentary called Tickled a few years back, and now okay. he's got a series, and he goes around the world. Like, he goes to Japan and goes into the uh, where the – 
uh, tsunami came ashore and that town that is still radioactive and they go in there and go past the nuclear safe zone and so that episode was fascinating. Then he's in America on the tour of the JFK assassination thing in Dallas and there's a woman dressed up as Jackie Kennedy posing for selfies and it's <laughs> quite tasteless and all that. And he's a, just this lovely, quiet sort of guy. Great series. I really liked it. Yeah. I also checked out um, Get Shorty, which I think is on Stan. Now, that's an Elmore Leonard book, isn't it? And it it was a John Travolta movie a few years back. And I watched the movie and I remember thinking, oh, yeah, that was okay. And I watched the first episode of the series and I really didn't like it. It was really violent because they're kind of uh, standover men. They kill people and... uh, you know, they're kind of disposing of bodies and going, hey, let's get into the movie industry and all that. And the TV series seemed to ramp up that ultraviolence a bit for me and I kind of – Chris O'Dowd was in it. I really liked him. Oh, yeah, him. he was good. But by the end of the first episode, I was going, Jesus Christ, I can't watch that again. That was really <laughs> just pushing it a bit far for me. Really? Okay. I'm a bit funny about violence as I get older. I kind of get really uncomfortable. You know, I love my British drama. I've uh, been enjoying The Split, which started last week, ABC Saturday night. Probably their premium drama slot of the week, 7.30 Saturday, although they're trying to turn, and they've successfully, 8.30 Sundays into one as well. Yeah, right. The great Aussie shows. But, yeah, yeah, The Split, I I love it. It's a um, BBC One was on in the UK. I think it screened in April this year. Okay. It's a legal drama based around, I think they're all women. In a family firm, they're all divorced lawyers. Right. And um, it's great. Like Nicola Walker, who I love, she was in, um, what was she <laughs> Last Tango in Halifax. Oh, okay, right, right, right. Yeah. I thought she looked familiar. I watched, I watched about 15 minutes of the other night. It looks slick to me. Yeah, no, look, I, I really like that. So I'm, I'm fascinated to see how that, uh, that develops, but I really enjoyed that. Um, reboots. Yeah. They're still talking about Jeez, making more ever. shows. You know, I've I've seen some clips on Entertainment Tonight of Murphy Brown. Gee, that looks like it's going to be great. Candace Bergen, all the cast back, and they got so much material. Her son. How does Candace look? She looks great. She's put on a little bit of weight, but But she wasn't young. No, she wasn't. Because she's had an amazing long career. Yeah, she was making carnal knowledge. Was like, (laughs) you know, it was early sixties, nineteen seventy-one, late sixties. She started making movies in the late sixties, right? And if you remember, she had the baby. Avery, he's now growing up and he's now on a conservative TV station. So he's the polar opposite of her <laughs> and she's going to be doing some shows. So I'm really looking forward to that. But then, I mean, you start – the names just never stopped coming. Now they're talking about rebooting Designing Women, yes. which was never that big ever here here in Australia. No. Uh, hey Arnold, the Nickelodeon cartoon, they're talking about redoing that. They're, now they're talking about doing a new series of Veronica Mars. Um, it just never stops. Crazy. Crazy. Two more things I want to mention before we go. Essential Media. Yeah. have got this... Um, they did a cinema release of something called Living Universe. Oh yeah, which came out and was on. It was in cinemas. It did about it's about twenty screens in Sydney during Science Week. I think it was only there for one week. It might have done a couple of weeks. Um, I think it did. Read Dr. Carl Krujanisky um, was the narrator, right? And then they've got a companion piece which is called Search for Second Earth. It's a TV series. It's on the ABC's Tuesday night. Um, sort of doco slot, 9.30 Tuesdays. Yep. And it's about the search for life in on other planets. Oh, yeah. Is there anything out there? 
but it's really they spent a lot of money on, I think they had a budget or something like amazing. It's a f- Australian-French co-production. Yep. I got to speak to Chris Hilton, the um, co-founder of Essential Media and one of the producers of the series. So $7 million budget, a lot of that went on CGI work. And it's just yep. some stunning pictures, speaking about watching stuff in um, HD. HD. It really looks great. So that's maybe worth catching up if you've um, got any interest. But he, I talked to him a little bit about it and he explained um, most, well, a lot of scientists who work in this field are pretty much certain there is life out there given the trillions of stars or whatever, right? There's got to be something, they reckon. But the challenge is, are we ever going to get there? Yeah. Because it's just so far away. He said, you, if, to get outside the solar system, you've really got to send a robot. Yeah. Because humans, it's going to be so many, so many thousand years to get there or something. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It's sort of, uh, your sort of mind starts to spin a bit when you start to think about it. It's like at night you go out and look at the sky and you start to think, oh, where's it end, you know? <laughs> It's all a bit much, but it's it's really interesting series. So I would recommend that. And before I go, I wanted to chat about the cancellation of Tonightly. Yeah, I think we both sort of uh, thought they were doing a pretty good job. They're doing a good job, but those rating figures were just oh yeah, they dire. Were, they were dire. But look, it was on it was on ABC too. Yeah, I mean, so what do you? you what know? what did they expect in a way? No one's going to do big numbers, are they? No. On, a, on a multi, unless no. it's a proven brand that people know. And, and I think the person that nailed this really well was Craig Matheson, writing for Fairfax, and said the ABC wants to go after this audience and this is the type of show that would have got them. So why throw that away when they'll go back to the – have they got – I think he ended his thing saying, do they have something in the, you know, on the cupboard ready to put there in mm. its place to go after those young people? I bet you they don't. Yeah, no. You know. Yeah. Yeah, no, I thought Tom Ballard did a fantastic job. Yeah. Um, especially like I really, that first season, his sort of solo monologues, yeah, which seemed to go for nearly the whole show in the early days. And I'm not surprised they had to change the format. So I don't think he could have kept that up. No. It was just, it was just amazing though, you know. Yeah. I think he's very, he was, he's, he's, because I always thought he was good, but I didn't think it was this good. Yeah. And watching him on here, I just, wow, you know. Yeah. It's very funny. And the program, the two the two programs the nights after it was cancelled were just hilarious, you yes. know. Like, the day it was cancelled, he came on, he said, well, how was your day? Yeah. <laughs> very funny. And then he sort of had this, oh, maybe it wasn't mock outrage, but outraged against the ABC, how dare they? And he went through all this and it was very funny stuff. And yeah. I guess all this stuff's on, if you want to catch up with some of these things and you haven't seen much of it. I guess it's all up there on um, iView. And do you know what? They're probably the only uh, topical comedy show that's been able to jump on this leadership spill with mm. Turnbull and Dutton. They got in there and I'm hearing that last night's episode where they did that was fantastic mm. and an example of um, them jumping onto a news story and finding some comedy there. Yeah. We need more of that. Yeah, there's not much around, is there, that, no. you know, the, I guess, have you been paying attention, has a bit of a poke at stuff. It's The feed it's does that a little bit. The with, feed, of course. But yeah. Mark Humphreys is gone now. He was the funniest guy on the show and he's now hosting Pointless. Yeah, so. there was a straight um, game show yeah. host. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How the world turns, eh? Yeah. All righty, look, that's uh, us done, I think, Andrew. Yeah. Always great to chat TV with you. Thank you. I look forward to talking about the rest of uh, Ten's Pilot Week. Indeed. See you soon. Thanks, James.